One of the things that I love about the church calendar is that it provides structure that encompasses all of human life, and it does it every single year. I love the exuberant and excessive joy of Easter, the fiery holiness of Pentecost, the recognition of the holiness and struggle of ordinary life through the season of ordinary time, by far the longest season on the Christian calendar. I appreciate the way that Advent helps me get in touch with my deepest longings and how Christmas brings a better-than-it-has-to-be joy in the midst of winter. And today is Ash Wednesday, and that means it's the beginning of Lent. And I appreciate Lent because it is a built-in checkpoint in which we can take stock of how we're living our lives. It's a season of reflection, and when we find ourselves out of alignment of the kind of lives we want to live, Lent encourages us to pursue a course of action that leads to life. Now, on this Ash Wednesday, I've been reflecting on the idea of perspective. It is so easy to lose perspective in life. What am I doing with my life? What is my life for? What's going on around me? And where is God in all of this? One resource that's piqued my attention lately is a poem by Holly Ordway, and it's titled Maps. I came across this poem a few, few years ago in a Lenten collection by Malcolm Geit. And what I'm going to say about this poem, I largely owe to Geit's insights in his book, The Word in the Wilderness. So here's Maps, a sonnet by Holly Ordway. Antique maps with curlicues of ink as borders framing what we know, like pages from a book of traveler's tales. Look, here in the margin, tiny ships at sail. No-nonsense maps from family trips, each state traced out in color-coded numbered highways, a web of roads with labeled city dots, punctuating the route and its slow stories. Now GPS puts me right at the center, a Ptolemaic shift in my perspective. Pinned where I am right now, somewhere, I turn, and turn to orient myself. I have directions calculated, maps at hand, hopelessly lost, till I look up at last. Ordway's sonnet describes three different types of maps, three different ways of orienting ourselves to the world around us. The first is an antique map with curlicues of ink. Mentions of tiny ships in the margin make me think of a sepia-toned map where perhaps the world was still imagined as flat. Such a map orients us to the boundaries of mystery, and every venture contains the inevitability of an adventure. And in such a map, I may not have the accurate, literal understanding of my physical place, but I am aware of my small place in a wild world made up of powers and wonders that are outside of my control. There is a, a holy sort of fear that goes along with that map. The second map is the no-nonsense maps that I grew up with as a kid and as a young adult. They're the paper roadmaps you might find with your AAA membership, for those of you old enough to remember such things. Highlighter and scribbles in the margins plot a course. And the map itself serves as a sort of diary, reminding us of where we're going and where we've come from. 
Now, compared to the first map, the cartography is far more accurate in reflecting exact distances. But both maps are similar in that you see where you are in relation to everything else. So if someone were to ask you, where are you? You can answer in reference to where you've come from and to where you're going. You, you answer in reference to the stretch of road you're on and to the towns and the people and to the borders around you. But then the poem turns on what some poets call the volta. That's the separation between the first eight lines of a sonnet and the last six lines. In these last six lines, we're introduced to a third map, a GPS map like those on our smartphones. With this type of map, satellite technology pinpoints our position with accuracy of plus or minus just a few meters. In terms of geographic accuracy and scientific precision, there has never been a more accurate way to map oneself. And yet the poet describes the user of this map as being lost. How can that be? The reason seems to be that with the GPS map on our individual devices, we can easily shrink into the world of the head-down, hyper-personalized experience. We've all seen the people or been that type of person who walks down the street, oblivious to the context, immersed in the world of our phones. If asked where you are with the GPS device, we're tempted to say, I'm right here. I'm in the literal center of the map. The rest of the world revolves around me because wherever I step, there my little icon is in the center of the map. The context of point A to point B on a paper map, or the context of the mystery and forces outside our control on the ancient map are conveniently brushed aside. In our efficiency and accuracy, we know where we are on the GPS map, but we have a harder time understanding how our location matters in relation to everything around us. And the poet argues that we are lost until we look up, until we regain the perspective of context, until we realize that the world doesn't revolve around us, but that we are only known in relation to place and people and God. It's easy to lose perspective in life. And Lent can be a season that helps us to look up. Consider the biblical example of Moses. Moses was a miracle baby. He survived Pharaoh's purge of the Hebrew baby boys, and in an ironic twist of narrative, the future leader of the Exodus was raised and trained by the Egyptian royalty. When Moses came of age, he tried to use his power and position to protect his Hebrew brothers and sisters, they were enslaved, but the whole thing backfired on him. His Hebrew brothers and sisters rejected him, and the Egyptians then hunted him. Moses was exiled into the wilderness and into obscurity. And for 40 years, his mental map of his place in the world, and his place among his people, and his place in God's plans, all of that was muddied and confused, and he lost perspective. He put his nose down, and he starts a new life, and he becomes a shepherd, and he forgets the map of his historical and spiritual context. Moses had lost perspective. And many of us get lost in the shame of our past failures or in the distractions of everyday life, but that does not mean that God has given up on us or that we are no longer part of his plans. And so one day, Moses is out with his sheep 
maybe with his head down, no smartphone, but doing what he's doing, his perspective has shrunk to just his sheep. And we might imagine that he is just kicking stones and doing his business, and then he sees a burning bush. And here's the key. Moses makes the choice when he sees the burning bush to pay attention. Rather than being too busy or too distracted or too self-oriented, Moses looks up and he changes course. And it is there in the midst of his lostness that God reveals where Moses fits on the map. It is there that Moses is reminded of his purpose and his place in reference to God and in reference to his people. If you have been feeling at a loss for perspective, if you've found yourself wondering where you fit in the larger narrative of God's world, your place in that world, then perhaps this Lenten season could give us an opportunity to let go of some of the distractions that we might look up and pay attention to God's word and to God in his world. Maybe this Ash Wednesday could be a place of beginning where we repent of preoccupations that we might then turn and participate in the life and love of God.